Well, since it is the 4th of July, we're making this a more kid-friendly sermon. So, boys and girls, I want to start with a little hand motion today. And if you are a boy and girl of an older age, adult-wise, feel free to join in with me as well. The main point of the day is that God is in charge. So can you all do that with me, boys and girls? Point up, God is in charge. We'll see that in our story today. So, as we heard in our gospel passage, I mean, as our uh, Old Testament passage, we see that Pharaoh has dreams. He has dreams that can't be interpreted, and so what does he do? He reaches out to the wise men of the day. They can't give answers. But luckily, there's someone in his court who has experience with dreams, the cupbearer. The cupbearer goes up to Pharaoh and says, I know somebody who can interpret this dream for you. And it's interesting that the cupbearer in this exact moment remembers Joseph. We see that God is in charge. God doesn't waste time. God has been orchestrating this situation since before Joseph was born. So uh, Pharaoh has these dreams, struggles with an interpretation and calls Joseph. And he says when Joseph arrives that he's heard that Joseph can interpret dreams. But this is what's so amazing. This is what's incredible. Joseph knows that it is God who gives the answer to dreams, not him. God gives the answer to dreams, not him, because he's in charge. I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to page 34. Boys and girls, I want you to grab your Bible too. You can show your parents where we are in the text. Give them a little tips on what you've been learning. Show them where things are. I want you to look at verse 15. Page 34. Joseph knows that God is in charge. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have had a dream, and there is no one who can interpret it. I have heard it said of you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. Joseph answered Pharaoh, It is not in me. God will give Pharaoh a favorable answer. You have to be remind, remember that Pharaoh has all the power here. Pharaoh is the personification of power in Egypt. He's the big dog, the big cheese. So Joseph, when he goes up, could have said something to get him out of prison. He could have done an action to try and elevate himself. He could have said, look at me, I've got this power to interpret dreams. But he doesn't do that. He points to God. The reason is that he knows that God is in charge. He said, God interprets dreams, not me. Joseph is simply a messenger or a vessel. And you have to be reminded that at this point in time, the Egyptians considered Pharaoh to be a god on earth. He's got all the power. And so it's even more amazing that Joseph goes up and corrects Pharaoh. He says, Pharaoh, you're wrong. You don't have it right. It's not in me, it's in God. And not only is it in God, it's in a God that's powerful, more powerful than you, more in charge than you. This is crazy of how bold Joseph is in the presence of Pharaoh. He doesn't back down. We see that he's the same man in the pit as when he's in the pinnacle of power in the palace. And he, and he triples down on this over and over again. I want you to turn your attention to verse 25, 28, and 32. You'll see these verses say the exact same thing. I'm going to read verse 25. Because in this dream interpretation, he says, 
God is in charge three times. Verse 25, God has revealed to Pharaoh what he is about to do. Verse 28, God has shown to Pharaoh what he is about to do. Verse 32, and the doubling of Pharaoh's dream means that the thing is fixed by God and God will shortly bring it about. Do you hear again and again and again Joseph pointing out that God is the one who is in charge. He's the one who orchestrates everything. I want to bring up Beverly up here to help me with a quick little uh, illustration to show uh, what we mean by this. Yeah, you can come up. And boys and girls, if you can't see, you can move to the center aisle to get a better view of what we're going to do here. Alrighty, so we're going to imagine that this water is all of life. All the ups and the downs, the cares, the decisions. And Beverly, I want you to put up your hands. These are the hands of God, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Not literally, but for this analogy, they are. I'm going to pour this water, and we're going to see Beverly, how she has the power to shape and turn the water in the bowl. All right, now take it to the left. Now turn it the other way. Boys and girls, do you see how her hands are shaping all of life? Wherever she dictates, the water goes. That's great. Well, thank you. This is what we mean that God is in charge. God has all of life, and he bends it as he wills according to his purposes. There's a scripture that talks about this in the book of Proverbs. I'm going to read that for you. It says, the king's heart is a stream in the waters, uh, the king's heart is a stream of water in the hands of the Lord. He turns it wherever he wills. We see that God is in charge. Pharaoh was supposed to be a god. He was supposed to have all the power to protect his people. But he was not able to control these famines that were to come. He was not able to control the years of plenty. God was the one who was in charge. We see that in the passage. There's another thing that I find so interesting in this passage, and we've alluded to it earlier. We see uh, Joseph's integrity. We see that Joseph is consistent. So Joseph never forgets that God is in charge even when everything is going well for him. Joseph always remembers that God is in charge. I want you to look with me at, a, at verse 41. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, See, I have set you over all the lands of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring from his hand and put it on Joseph's hand and clothed him in garments of fine linen and put a gold chain about his neck. And he made him ride second in his, second in his chariot. And they called, called out before him, Bow the knee. Thus he set him over all the land of Egypt. So we see this transformation taking place in the life of Joseph. In one single day, he's gone from pit to palace, from prisoner to position of privilege, all in a day. He, gets, he becomes second in Egypt. He gets a signet ring, which represents the authority of Pharaoh. He wears the linens of the Egyptian elite. He also is, gets a gold chain, which is the highest gift that a Pharaoh could bestow upon an individual. So life is going pretty well for Joseph. He's got everything going for him. He's now out of prison, has this position of power and influence, and Pharaoh tries to do everything he can to make him Egyptian. 
So if you've noticed in the text, when Pharaoh calls Joseph into his presence, it says that Joseph had to be shaved. So Egyptians at that time were bald and didn't have a beard. Boys and girls, do you think I'd look good bald without a beard? Maybe. I don't know. I don't think my wife would like that. But they tried to do everything to make him look like him and make him look like an Egyptian. He's given a new Egyptian name, Zapanath Panea. He even marries Asenath, the daughter of Potipharah, priest of On. So he's given a new look, a new name, an Egyptian wife. And it's important to know that Potipharah, this high priest, was the chief priest's with, uh, it was a chief priest over all the priests of Egypt. Therefore, Joseph marries in to the elite of the elite Egyptian culture. So he's got an Egyptian name, an Egyptian wife that gives him status and power, and he's got all this position and wealth. And it made me wonder as I was thinking about this, right? Everything's going well for Joseph. If we were in his shoes, how would we respond? When everything's going well, how do we respond? Do we forget about what's true of our past? Do we turn prideful and think, hey, I'm the best, I did this? Do we become self-confident and arrogant? Oftentimes we become forgetful. We forget that it's God who's been helping us all along. And so we see something interesting happen that even though Joseph has all of these amazing things happen, He doesn't forget where he comes from. He's the same man in prison as he is in the palace because he realizes that God is in charge. I want you to look at verse 51, and this shows us how we know that uh, Joseph never changes. Joseph called the name of uh, the firstborn Manasseh, for, he said, God has made me forget all my hardship in all my father's house. The name of the second he called Ephraim, For God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. Despite Joseph being at the peak of power, looking like an Egyptian, he names his children Hebrew names. He gives them Hebrew names. He remembers his Hebrew heritage. He remembers that God is still in control. Even look at the names. Look at what their translations mean. God has made me. God has made me. Again, Joseph remembers that God is in control. The first is that, is, uh, he names the, the first Manasseh, which is, I've forgotten or mended that which is broken. So Joseph knows that God has been in charge, binding and healing all that pain in his previous times of life. And the second one is fruitful. God has made him fruitful in the land. And so again, Joseph, over and over again, realizes that God is in charge. It's interesting, if you recall Joseph's first dream, what bowed down to Joseph? Sheaves of grain. Now look at him. The minister of agriculture, effectively, with more grain in the storehouse than the world has ever seen. God has been orchestrating this history right from the beginning. And it's through Joseph that he blesses the whole world. The world is gonna starve with this famine, and Joseph serves as a light to the people, fulfilling this Abrahamic promise of, in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. God has been in charge all throughout this story, 
And we see that Joseph recognizes that through these dreams, and he recognizes it even when he's more powerful at the end of his days. So again, I want to close with that final uh, uh, hand motion again. Boys and girls, I want you to point up and say, God is in charge. One more time. God is in charge. Let me pray as we close. Father, we thank you that you are in charge and that nothing falls out of your hands. As we'll sing in a moment, you've got the whole world in your hand. You bend the world as you will. Lord, we just pray that we would be mindful of you working on our behalf for good. For the honor and glory of your name. Amen.